0: Welcome to Spinning the Reel, a podcast by Cody, and only Cody, this week only, guest host Connor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I am your host, Cody, and uh, Evan's not here this week, so we have a guest host, and that guest host is
1: he's not here it's me connor i hope you guys like this excitement it might dip down a bit
0: yeah we had to be i had to try and get more excited here connor that was the one tidbit evan gave me before he left and on last podcast uh before we get things underway it is september 9th we're recording this episode and again evan is on vacay he got out at the right time you know it's uh it's snow and ash over here in california there's a lot of fires going on for us right now uh dealing with that and uh it's crazy man crazy times it just sums I up actually, 2020 more than anything for me here in california
1: i'm actually getting your debris in idaho i kid you not <laughs> we actually get we get weather warnings all the time because of the fires that are nearby from different states we're actually getting some from denver too on the east because uh denver started burning not too long ago Yeah. so
0: well we have, regardless we have
1: a rainy ash but we have interesting weather yeah,
0: regardless of the weather, regardless of what everyone's going through, hopefully everyone's just, you know, staying safe. Uh, for next week, uh, Mulan did come out. Mulan. <laughs> Mulan. Evan, Evan definitely left at the right time. So we'll be talking about that a little bit with him. And I'm thinking of ending things with Netflix uh, that has released. That was a big hit over the weekend as well. But that's all next week. We're going to get into this week. Before we get into this mo- uh, week's movie, Connor, which is Overlord, which we presented last week for 2018, uh let's get a little you know grand introduction like who are you Connor obviously you're my friend but like what what more do the people need to know about you like what do you do where are you obviously Boise you just said that so what do yes, you do
1: Yes I am in Boise Idaho I am a PhD student here at BSU where I uh, I'm I'm I do biomolecular sciences I look at cells and I I use zebrafish as an animal model to help me with my findings and things like that it's just you know, a simple, simple science.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Connor is smart. That's all you need to know. All right, Connor, this is a movie
1: podcast. Wait, so let's wait. I'm what? also single.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> By the way, feel free to interrupt at any time. Evan does it all the time. It just wouldn't feel normal. Gotcha, I will do it. That. So, uh, but. Obviously, let's get into. I always like to ask when we have new guests. Uh, what's your like favorite movie genre or favorite movie? Like, what's something that you really enjoy? Uh,
1: I I enjoy supernatural things or aliens or things that just aren't really that probable but have a lot of lore. You know, like there's so much lore around for them existing. Uh, things like that in aliens, maybe not so much lore, but I also like the post-apocalyptic movies and TV shows as well. I just I I just I just like those things where people are pinned up against really themselves and each other kind of a thing
0: cool 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 man all right well that pretty much would probably sum it up then why overlord was picked by you for me to go check out yes uh, they're on hulu after that we're gonna we're gonna play a game that was lost on your lost episode by the way uh not to connor's netflix knowledge we played it before ladies and gentlemen on season one episode 10 so we're gonna get we're gonna spice it up though we're gonna we're gonna talk about it or i'm gonna be the one making up the movies and seeing if Connor knows what's on Netflix and not, since he's a Netflix owner. I feel like that's the only place you watch movies that and Hulu, I guess you don't have all the streaming platforms that Evan and I possess.
1: I tried Amazon prime, but you really just get those sci-fi movies with really poor <laughs> CGI and stuff like that. There's yeah. not much to offer.
0: And which is perfect. Cause we are going to get into our last segment of talking about all the CGI and all that kind of stuff in movies in general uh, with everything that's going on. So that's our last segment there. So, I think our intro has definitely gone on long enough with your introduction, Connor. So uh, let's just, as we say here on the podcast, dive right in. All right, Connor. So we got Overlord 2018. It's on Hulu and is directed by Julius Avery. I knew absolutely... Not of this movie's existence before you even told me about it. Um, I looked into it a little bit. Uh, it seems like he did a lot of shorts before his, you know, his movie fame of directing and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool. J.J. Uh, Abrams is the only producer on here that I know. A lot of people know J.J. Abrams from obviously Star Wars and stuff like that. And then when it came to the cast, man, like I knew nobody on this cast except Wyatt Russell. It's the only guy on here that I actually knew anything of, and that's Kurt Russell's <laughs> son. So, um, But anyways, I can't let Evan down that much on the podcast, so let's go into a generic plot description real quick, Connor, and I okay. have to give that. So I would ask you, but Evan would just be upset I with me. I have to give that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. For you, Evan. Here we go. So uh, during World War II, uh, leading up to D-Day, we're introduced to like these battalion of soldiers who are really given this mission to destroy this radio tower behind enemy lines. Um, so that obviously, you know, when D-Day does come, they, that the air support can be, you know, brought in kind of thing. And these guys get behind enemy lines and whatnot, and they're you know, trying to survive. And they get to that point where they really realize that there's something even more so going on behind the radio tower. And it's really uh, these Nazi German scientists conducting experiments on what are not all dead people, but mostly dead people basically making like these super soldier, like Nazi zombies uh, that are going to help them obviously not only win the war, but take over the world. So it, it's it's kind of that, you know, I don't want to say B movie, because I feel like it does go for the A quality type stuff. Um, but I, it is very interesting. It, it is a Nazi zombie movie, per se, um, and we'll we'll dive into all that kind of stuff here as we get going, but uh, overall, like, my general impressions are, like, this movie was, like, it was very cool, man. Like, it really dives right into the war aspect, like, right off the get-go, and it doesn't really let up on the gas. Um, I expected from when you told me, like, it's a Nazi zombie movie. I expected, I guess, more zombies, per se, that i you just didn't really get but i feel like that's where it you know it it just kept you guessing it was unexpected it really wasn't that scary uh you know i watched the trailer first and it's just intense and it really it just went along on a very nice like linear path for what they had to do Uh, obviously with the you know fun and all the pizzazz that's kind of thrown into it so uh your general thoughts connor i mean i'm wondering you know again why you picked this movie and you know what rings home on why you liked it so much. So I'm interested.
1: Well, I picked it because uh, it kind of has that sciencey feel to it. You know, when you're in PhD school or you're in any science class, really, uh, you, you have to learn what is good science and what is bad science, like the proper etiquette of doing things. And a lot of the most interesting science comes from the very, very, very unregulated Nazi scientists' science that they did. And it there is so much out there that you can find. And a lot of it is real. Don't be confused. A lot of it is not real, too. But the Nazi scientists did a lot of testing on people with really no remorse on if they lived or not. Um, there is speculation that they were trying to reanimate the dead. There is, um, you know, do like the Frankenstein's work where they're trying to put limbs together to recreate soldiers, things like that. They they did so much wrong science, very unethical science. And that's what kind of led me to picking this one for my time on this episode is because of the whole, I, I do science, this has mm-hmm. science in it kind of relationship. But it is uh, basically, and you wouldn't believe how many movies are inspired by the unethical science of the Nazis.
0: You wouldn't believe how many movies are inspired by Nazi uh, Nazi people in general.
1: Connor. I, I know, it's... There's a lot. There's, yeah. there's definitely a lot there. But
0: the well, main one what's... I think
1: of is Indiana Jones, Writers of the Lost Ark. That is inspired by unethical means of Nazi scientists to find biblical treasures to win the war with. Because yeah. Hitler, sincere, Hitler sincerely believed that these biblical artifacts can be used as weapons to win wars. He thought that for real. For realsies, man.
0: Fact For realties. all listeners fact check this man and then fact checkers fact check the fact checkers that's the world we live in connor we got to fact check people these days i believe you i personally believe you
1: that's good that's one but... person because i don't <laughs> even believe me it's so it's so it's so wrong his thinking like on un- how unethical it was but yeah it, it it sucks to say that a lot of it well
0: i mean i think that's what draws a, another element to this movie uh is again i mean there's a lot of movies for me personally i always love true stories and i love something that tells obviously to an extent this movie true events but adding a twist right like we've gotten plenty of world war ii movies these days um and and you've and you've seen it obviously and we've relived it through just multiple means of obviously history and all that kind of stuff um but you know, to throw that added twist in and I'll throw in like, you know, we had satires. We've talked about Jojo Rabbit here on this podcast. And for me, it's it's adding that element of something different, obviously, to draw it in. And in this case, it's the Nazi zombie aspect, which is kind of cool. I think what you're talking about is like grounded in also realism itself to where like this was, this was a low budget movie. Like I think mm-hmm. it was produced for like 28 million and like made 31 million or something. Like it barely made money. Um, and like I said, it's just because, it, you know, it was his first time directing. I, I don't know if it was his first time, but it, one of his few directories. Um, and he had a lot of people, like I said, that aren't really, you know, well-known actors or anything like that. But, like, the acting in it was exceptionally, like, I thought it was really good. Like, did you did you like the lead? i I want to look up his name real quick. I really like. Yes. it. I thought he was really good.
1: Yes. The, the actor Adepo. who played Ed Boyce was very good, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Jovan Depo is the gentleman's name, is the... Mm is the private guy and stuff and Mm -hmm. i'm like wow for you know never hearing of him or seeing him anything like you know i thought he brought a lot of you know charm and pizzazz and just honestly just good acting for what this movie was
1: i Um, thought he knew french to be honest with you it (laughs) it sounded so like wow it seems unforced
0: yeah and i mean it, it really does it it follows a linear path to where it doesn't really stray from anything other than what is the mission right like right away like i said it the cgi in the beginning is kind of cool where you know the plane kind of gets blown up and drops you in and all this kind of stuff and they get to a point where they kind of you know get to this girl and stuff who you know in this town per se that all these experiments are being done and it's kind of when we start learning about like that's the one drawback i would say is you know when you say nazi zombie movie like spoiler to anyone it's not really necessarily as connor's it's the preemptive said. it's the preemptive. Yeah yeah, yeah. you're like, not gonna see a shit ton of zombies running around you're not gonna see no. any of that it, it's not that kind of movie and for like the scare factor it's not really there mm-hmm. um and I, I mean that's i guess to ask you the question like do you, do you feel like it worked better than if there would have been more zombies in this movie like is that were you i mean when you first saw it were, is that something you were expecting because i mean you obviously probably watched the trailer or read the description before you went around watching it because you're not just gonna
1: So, I I, I let Hulu showed me the trailer initially, and I'm just like, I don't mind watching a World War II movie. And I kind of stopped midway through the trailer before learning about the actual science behind it. So, I didn't know it was a Nazi zombie movie when I first watched it, because I'm like, oh, it's a a war movie. It's a war movie. I'm like, okay, cool. Why not? So, I just jumped into it. And then I got really hooked, because when they see that mysterious creature in the woods near the, near the, the town... That's when I kind of got like, okay, something's happening here. That's when I realized that this wasn't your average war movie. When I when I saw that, uh, uh, what's it called? When I oh, they just it doesn't have a name. Just that weird looking dog deer thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, um...
1: that's when I was fully into the movie because I, I I instantly thought, okay, Nazi scientists. Right when I saw that.
0: Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing out of this movie is it seemed. Are you familiar with like a B movie, like what it is and all that kind of stuff?
1: No, not really.
0: So I Um, I I I
1: lack some of the knowledge that you and Evan would have.
0: (laughs) Sure, I looked it up. I looked it up a little bit myself because, like, to me, like that's what I instantly thought too when I saw this. Where, when you when you watch it, it's like it wasn't really meant maybe for you know theatrical release, like it obviously got, and it dived into aspects of obviously going for that A movie and then that B movie. Like B movie back in the day was like, you know, like when you go to like a drive-in and you have like a double feature, it's kind of like that second movie, low budget kind of aspect. And back in the day, it was a lot of Westerns and stuff. And today Mm -hmm. a lot of B movies are more horror movies, uh, such as kind of feels like with this one. But I mean, this one definitely has some like, like I said, with the acting, with the actual plot, with kind of where it goes, feels... Like, it wasn't all committed into either going into that A movie quality. And I think that's what the fun of it was, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how much fun you had with this movie. Like, I thought it was pretty funny at times, too. Like that. that oh, I know. I thought so, even, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, over-the-top funny, right? It wasn't, like, making gags at the camera like you see in sometimes with these B movies. where it's it, it wasn't like Marvel's Avenger.
1: It, it wasn't Marvel's Avenger purposely inserting jokes into the movie kind of a thing. It yeah. Seemed, it, it seemed more realistic.
0: Yeah, like I loved um, the one uh, soldier's name who at first was like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Wanted to play baseball with me. And he like totally just like shrugs him off and stuff and like hates him. Become best friends. (laughs) And (laughs) And then by the end, it's just like, come here, buddy, I gotta save you. And it's just like aspects like that that like you're thrown into. It's just it's so funny and all that kind of stuff. My
1: favorite, one of my favorite scenes is like, you got to put a fucking bell on this kid (laughs) because he just kept surprising (laughs) that same soldier because he was always right behind him right when he didn't want him to be right behind him. It was funny.
0: Yeah. I I mean, overall, it was just, it was a very good, like, movie. Like, the lore, not the lore factor, but like, like I said, the scare factor, I mean. Not really there. It lulled in the middle, I guess, for me. Like, did it lull for you? Like, did you feel like it, was there any... Continuity errors that you felt. Was there any like, oh, I wish they would have done this. Like, like I said, or do you felt like this is a? I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie. I'll spoil no, your letterbox no. rating now. Like, what would you have liked to see? I guess more of.
1: Um, I would think more progression with the scientists. Like, they would have gotten a little bit further along, maybe some because they never actually implemented any of their research. Yeah, it wasn't until the very end when the guy just said you know, fuck this. I'm just going to inject myself with some of this this tar. <laughs> and, and that's all you really see. You don't really see, like, things like that. And I think they were trying to get some scary parts of it, too. Like, when the girl was just ahead with the spinal cord. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They were trying, but um, yeah, it wasn't scaring me, because I watch a lot of horror movies, too. So
0: no, I, I, I agree with that, though, in terms of, like, I wish I would have like there was the testing aspect when he first breaks in and like accidentally like gets into it and he's trying Mm -hmm. to like before he realizes like kind of what they're doing of course uh, yeah he's
1: putting the pieces together when he when he accidentally sneaks in and i say accidentally because it was accidentally sneaking in
0: yeah (laughs) he did
1: not mean to get in there which i felt a little bit was comedic as well just he didn't mean to get in there he just kind of did
0: yeah, but I wish like those super soldiers that like you kind of alluded to right there, like that come out at the end. Like it would have been cool to maybe like see some of them more like roaming around like within the facility or, you know, you know
1: like one A- successful one that was that was there in the town with them.
0: Yeah, kind of it, thing. Yeah. When you get back to like the second go around of all of them breaking in and obviously trying to destroy not only the radio tower but obviously this uh, this lab in general um and you do get the one super soldier that awakens and all that kind of stuff and attacks uh the boy and the girl and stuff like that's when it gets like really like good on like the horror aspect because it's still just it's an adrenaline like if you're like an adrenaline junkie or anything like that it's like oh okay okay like your heart starts racing and all that kind of stuff and it's it's that much more like you know i'm just like i was more invested at that point other than them just kind of talking in the house and going through like scenes like that like what did you think of like the scene when like the soldier died and stuff um when i when, remember when he was shot by the the one yeah lieutenant or whatever like was that I worth think... it like i thought that was a little over the top i guess like that's that to me was like that's what kind of makes it a b, like those are aspects that make it a b movie but i don't and, know like, i could and be wrong
1: i feel like that scene was very important because the guy that the nazi that later injected himself twice learned from that 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 um, that uh, endeavor yeah you know like without that scene he may not have done anything with the injections but he was actually able to see them with the recently deceased body
0: that's true yeah they did inject and they never knew what it was and stuff so and they always
1: injected on pale blue already been dead for many days people when this is a fresh death and he saw that 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 uh, major saw that in that in that scene and he knew right then and there that I could just inject myself. I, I know I can.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like at the very beginning of all this too, it's nice having an element to something I think that's been told obviously multiple times, um, mm-hmm. World War II and stuff. I get it, it's cool. Um, But that's why I like these kind of movies, I think, a little bit more than if I were just to watch like a World War II movie. I feel like I've seen my fair share where not that they're not good, but right. It's been done before and stuff. And I, you know, I'm unaware of any movies that have taken this route. And I could see why a lot of people such as yourself have not only for knowing the real science behind it now. uh, Again, fact check that, guys. Um, (laughs) But I mean, are these the kind of movies that I mean, you shoot for, dude? World War Two yeah. and all that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, I'm okay with um, with really any type of war movies. Uh, you know, you got like your futuristic movies, you got like your Independence Day kind of war movies where you're war with a different um, species of, you know, alien and whatnot. Like, anything that involves conflict from, you know, two or more sides. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of human aspects to it that are pretty interesting too with like what, what people do in these certain, certain situations and all that stuff really
0: yeah yeah i mean overall like like i said like i mean there's not much depth to this movie to you know drown it out and stretch on any longer i think um no i think it's
1: a fun i think it's a fun watch i don't think you have to watch a lot i don't think it's going to be anyone's favorite movie but i don't think it was
0: i don't think you're gonna uh, hate
1: it bad or yeah I don't think you're gonna hate it i think you'll have some entertainment to it it was visually stunning they did really well with all the visual effects in my opinion
0: yeah that wasn't was cool.
1: me segwaying. It's it's literally an opinion. I think they did really well with the visual effects. Like,
0: oh, no, I ruined your segue. Out. I do that all the time for Evan, so don't <laughs> worry. This, this, now I feel like I'm at home because I always ruin his segues and he gets mad at me. It, it, I don't it, know. Do you have anything I else? listen you to, to, to you guys' to? podcast. <laughs> I know what to do. Yeah. I don't, is there anything else you really want to add or, you know, ask me a question? If I mean, I, you're a co-host in this, too. Mm. Don't feel like you're just a guest.
1: Oh, sweet. Sweet. I'm going to get my INDB little (laughs) entry. (laughs) So these movies, I, I just have to reiterate, these movies are inspired by the wicked science that Nazis performed. Another example would be like Hellboy or even Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. These movies all have some sort of inspiration. Not just from the Nazis in World War II, but what they were doing behind the scenes the non-war part of the Nazi sciences are the most gruesome parts that reading about might be a little too much for some people, because they are pretty fucked up with what they did. Just saying. That's my two cents.
0: Fair enough, Connor. Hey, you know what? I told Evan that we were not a Nazi podcast last episode, and now I just have a feeling he's going to come back and listen to this and be like, are you sure about that? Because we have definitely scratched that surface. So here's
1: Here's the thing with Evan. He's primarily always wrong. So <laughs> it it doesn't matter. Hey, me and my homies hate Evan on the podcast. He is wrong <laughs> about everything.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna plug this exact minute where this is said to be like Evan, look, you're wrong. So, yeah, I was how did told... you
1: lose that? How did you lose that Twitter vote? That was obviously a win. How did you lose?
0: <laughs> uh you know what? I know Evan, that was Evan has friends where. in high places and he has more friends yeah, that high. listen to this podcast. <laughs> so
1: Hi places. I get what you're saying. So oh, wrong people. So many wrong people. See that's those people those people following blindly Evan's way. Those that's exactly what the Nazis did. <laughs> Follow blindly.
0: I'm gonna lose a lot of listeners here, Connor. Thanks very much for that. But you're not like, gonna
1: lose listen they're gonna Evan, they're gonna Evan, want me back.
0: Evan, I'm we speaking love you. The truth. I love you. Still, I still I love family. you, too,
1: Evan you're you're not family for me but you're you're damn near close you're just wrong a lot and that's okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so let's let's move on from evan here let's get into our letterbox (laughs) roundup that we just went on that tangent of evan's but uh we do a letterbox roundup here connor you said you've listened to it but just for anyone new uh we just rate this movie out of five so uh you being the guest i will i will let you go ahead and rate it first letterbox roundup
1: a beautiful 70 percent, 3.5 for me it was it's that is an a in engineering or physics so that's pretty good (laughs) <laughs> it's, i like
0: that i like that so uh my my score i i gave this movie a three out of five stars like i said for what it was and all that kind of stuff a
1: solid like, b in engineering or physics
0: yeah B's degrees <laughs> baby. so uh on yeah. that note let's uh let's get into testing your netflix knowledge connor in our next segment All right, guys so now we got uh now that we've got that under our belts and connor's a little warmed up here we're gonna we're gonna actually test some of his non-math knowledge with his netflix knowledge here <laughs> we've done this game before it's actually in our netflix spectacular back in season one and on our lost episode actually uh connor reminded me so that's why i guess it's so familiar for me to bring it up here um so long
1: overdue uh,
0: it's long overdue for you buddy connor so uh so what I got here for the Netflix knowledge game is obviously I pick what are real movies on Netflix as obscure as, as I possibly can because obviously if it's trending, what's the point? Um, and then I've I've tried to make up some fake titles with fake descriptions and stuff and you know maybe maybe you'll fall for it maybe you'll actually believe me you'll be a first but it could happen.
1: I might just let you win. No, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm kidding, I'm, kidding. Let's, I'm let's ready. Let's
0: see. Let's see if you can get an engineering B. There's, I have eight movies here, so I need you to get at least. Let's see if you can get six of them right. That that let, Let's go oh, for. Oh, That's
1: hundred percent engineering. I don't know. All what right, you're let's saying. let's go for
0: five. I think you can get five. Let, let's all right, see. All right. So my first movie that I have here, it's called The Car, and uh, it opens with basically two bicyclists who are run down by this like strange car in like this desert, like small town kind of thing off a bridge. And uh, no one's driving the car. And uh, this car goes on a killing rampage to its citizens of the town. And uh, it's up to the captain of the police department, because the sheriff's now dead, apparently, to stop this murderous, non-real person in the car driving to death. It's what the rip. hell? Is, is this like the sequel to Rubber? You know what? This, <laughs> this movie reminded me a lot of rubber so did I fabricate this from rubber or I think you did I think it's
1: fully fabricated from rubber
0: okay that that is a very very good guess but you're wrong. This movie is That's real. That's real?
1: Is it have any relationship to Rubber at all? Because it's the exact same <laughs> movie, it sounds like. Except now there's three extra tires and a cabbie. Yeah, <laughs> maybe.
0: It was, it was released. I actually have the years the real ones were released in 1977. So it probably maybe inspired Rubber. I don't know.
1: I don't ah, think. so it's older. Got it, got so, it, got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that, that you're car. all for one. Whatever. Let's move on.
1: Whoever yeah. gets the first question right.
0: Nobody except me. Uh, so ready. Are you ready for the next one, Connor?
1: Rough start, I'm still a little, but... a little, I can't believe the car exists. Okay.
0: Okay, <laughs> go check it out. Every,
1: everyone great. that I get wrong, that's a real movie. I'm going to watch that movie.
0: That, so I'm that... going to
1: watch the car.
0: All right. Fair enough. Hey, it, I had to watch all the trailers at least to try and make up my description. <laughs> so it, it, it wasn't just blatantly, obviously either real or fake. So anyways, moving on to the next one. Are you ready? Yes. This one is called The Nigerian Prince. So what we got here is a a stubborn Nigerian-American teenager. And his mom basically needs to, you know, his mom forces him in a way to go back to Nigeria. And he kind of gets stuck there, actually. And uh, he joins with his cousin who runs like this online scamming business, who's also in obviously trouble for running the scamming business. But they need each other. Because now he wants to get in so that he can get out. So he joins his cousin in the scamming business so that he can actually leave Nigeria. Is this a real or fake movie to your Netflix knowledge? I I think
1: this is fake because I think you recently got like an email from a Nigerian prince saying he had money. And he just needs a couple of thousand dollars to get it unfrozen so he can use it.
0: So those calls and emails do exist. Do not fall for it, ladies and gentlemen. And do not fall for it being a fake movie either, like Connor just did. Because this movie is real, Connor.
1: <laughs> These are all just going to be real movies <laughs> at the
0: end. No, you don't know. You don't know. So. All right. Happens. I'm writing
1: this down. I, I got the first one down. What was this one called?
0: <laughs> Nigerian Prince.
1: Oh, God. I can find that in my email, too, I bet. So.
0: All right. Are you ready for another one?
1: Obviously not, Cody. I'm pretty (laughs) shocked from the first two that I fucked up.
0: It's All right. Here we go. This is the next one. Here we go. I'm not ready.
1: (laughs) Go on. Yeah. You're ready.
0: This one is called The Red Painter. Fake. So, yeah. (laughs) At
1: at some point, I have to be right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At some point, you have to be right. Can I read the description?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm still going to think it's fake.
0: All right. So the FBI is investigating basically this new string of murders from a serial killer who apparently was never caught like 20 years ago. And what he does, I guess, with these kills is he uses their blood to like paint the way he killed them. It's kind of cool. And it centers around this young now woman detective whose own mother apparently was killed by the serial killer. And it's like her vendetta to like obviously capture him and bring him to justice. So that is the red painter. Do you think it's still fake? Yeah. Okay, you're right. It is
1: fake. I, I, but it was,
0: well, how was my description? You, was it unbelievable? It it, it I wish was you unsettling. wouldn't have said unsettling. It,
1: it was unsettling, Cody. It was very <laughs> unsettling. And this is the reason why. That's a really good, like, <laughs> a very good serial killer method. <laughs> Using the blood to draw the murder. I've watched is... a lot of
0: shows, okay? That's all I can say. <laughs> It, it inspired me. I'm, I'm not a very singer.
1: happy, listeners, to be in Idaho when Cody's in. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. Oh gosh! <laughs> uh, if I heard that, I would had more money. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that, that that's that's fake and and daunting <laughs> at the same time.
0: Fair enough. That would me? be
1: a very good book, though.
0: All right. That it could be. It definitely could be. But it. Unfortunately, is not a book that I'm aware of or a movie that I'm aware of.
1: Nah, it's, so nothing. If it's they, nothing. If they
0: use my ideas, though, to make a movie, I'm totally going to be like, hey, I said it here first. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Let's, let's keep things rolling. I got another one. It's called Happy New Year. And uh, this is about basically six so-called losers who transform themselves into this formidable dance team because they have to take place in this dance competition, apparently, and uh like the viewers and stuff fall in love with them but at the same time it's all a charade because all they're trying to do is pull off the biggest diamond heist the (laughs) world's ever seen it's fake happy new year connor is a real movie (laughs) I love getting your general impression like i said for what i actually like talk about the real movies because it's just so funny when i when i read the descriptions that i write
1: be real that is so unrealistic (laughs) so unrealistic let's make a dance troupe to fucking
0: it takes place in dubai i think it's one of those uh bollywood kind of films from then it's so like. good visually the special <laughs> effects of bollywood are to die for <laughs> so i don't know if it is bollywood but it, it definitely came across when i watched the trailer so uh just a heads up it it is a real movie it's like three hours long too by the way it's a like, freaking <laughs> long movie so
1: oh, oh i'm not very movie. good at this game but that's you're, okay
0: you're not but it's yeah i think we're, that's we're better fun. that i'm
1: bad at this game
0: we're having fun that's all that matters so all right next movie. It's called Capsized and Possessed. So this, this involves a group of teenagers who are on a spring break trip out on one of those ocean liners and stuff, uh, only to come to terms that uh, this trip is far from a week away in paradise. A huge wave ends up capsizing their, uh, their liner here and entraps its surviving passengers and crew members aboard. Uh, Not only that, do they have to face the ocean, there is a demonic being aboard that takes possession of these crew members and surviving uh, teenagers and goes on a killing rampage, basically. So, they're kind of facing a war on two fronts for survival here. Do you feel that Capsize and Possessed is a real or fake Netflix movie, to your knowledge?
1: Here's the thing, Cody. I want to be absolutely honest with you. I want to go in my deeper voice. I really hope this is a real movie because that fucking sounded awesome.
0: Well, then I'm glad that I am so good at making up fake.
1: Descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I wanted fake, to watch this.
0: It is a fake movie, Connor. I am so uh,
1: that's so that's so unfortunate. That that would be a movie I would watch.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad the fake movies have have actually sounded real it's this game i, I feel like i made it very PhD hard
1: in something else
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right let, let's move on We've got a couple more here this is a long game segment but we're having fun we're talking it's cool and hey get some movies out of it so here we are the next movie connor it's called adam and eve so the sex when the pop <laughs> <Sex>. <laughs> so uh, when the population had grown to an insurmountable to uh Mother Earth's resources, the population began to be controlled by the government here. And here we have a utopia a thousand years later where men and women are no longer allowed to reproduce and are biologically the children end up being made. So you know that's kind of weird, huh? And then uh there's a there's a couple, Adam and Eve, hence uh, where their love slips through the government cracks and uh, at what cost will they go to to give everyone their humanity back? None. It's fake. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my worst one of being fake. That is a fake movie, Connie. Okay. When Lately you started fake. adding,
1: when you started adding science into it, that's when I was like, <laughs> uh...
0: I couldn't stump the scientist on a science-related movie. Fair enough. I should have known better. Adam and Eve.
1: That's okay. That's a pretty good plot, though. I started. It kind of reminded me of what happened to Monday.
0: Of what happened to Monday? What? Are oh, that's you talking a, that,
1: about? that's a, that's a Netflix movie. Have you never seen uh, What Happened to Monday? No, that's a, to, that's a recommendation. That, that that's a is recommendation. not
0: to my Netflix knowledge.
1: Yeah, no, I would. I would, Cody. It's a pretty good movie. All
0: right. It's a good so, Netflix movie. So here, two more, two more. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This one is called Golden Time, and uh, in the nineteen eighties a recently discarded television set from the 1960s, so 20-year-old television set, refuses to accept its fate and tries to break out of the junkyard. It's like The Sad Little Toaster, but, like, apparently better.
1: There's or a movie it? called The Sad Little Toaster.
0: Or The Brave Little Toaster, I'm sorry.
1: Um, if the movie exists, it probably sucks. So I'm going to go with no, it doesn't exist.
0: It is a real movie, Connor. It it's, a short. Sucks. It's, oh, actually,
1: it, it's a short. It's
0: actually a short. It's not a movie. If you would have it, said it is a movie.
1: Short, I would have believed. Wow, okay, what's a short in movie terms? Is that like 80 minutes?
0: No, this is only 20 minutes.
1: That's not a movie.
0: Hey, you know what? It's on my letterbox. To me, it's a movie. Uh, Shorts, I should have, I could have. Uh, I will give you this one because I should have mentioned it was a Netflix short for the sake of if that would have been a real or not. It
1: would have been more believable if it were fair enough.
0: Fair enough.
1: Well give me half a point there.
0: half a point. 2.5
1: out of seven? Was that the seventh one? Yes. Okay. I want you
0: to finish strong here. And I figured none other than the movie true to your heart called Orgasmo. Oh, that's real. It is about a Mormon serving (laughs) his mission in LA But he needs money to marry his girlfriend. So he apparently stumbles into this, you know, pornographic filming situation in which he gets cast as a mass superhero named Orgasmo. And uh, during the shooting of this film and whatnot, he actually discovers that the producer that originally brought him on is a real villain. So he actually goes around being a real superhero called Orgasmo.
1: Yeah, no, very real.
0: Yeah, it is a real movie, Tony. You were right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. You you could have confused me with the movie I've watched. So.
0: <laughs> well, we should have opened with that. But anyways, I guess I'll let you finish strong. Something tells me you would definitely have already seen this movie. I should have known better.
1: Anything related to Zach and Mary make a porno. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of. Anyways. <laughs> What's the next segue before I get too embarrassed?
0: Uh, there is no segue here, Connor. It is obviously apparent of what your Netflix, um, well, I guess what your Netflix watch history for sure looks like now after that last one. But uh, you didn't do, you didn't do horrible, man. I feel like I started you off kind of hard and obviously finished strong with movies that.
1: Three point were... five out of eight. You know, throw some corrections on there. You get the half points back. Take the curve. We're we looking at take the curve. the curve. We're looking at like six point seven five. We're we're fine. Okay, cool. We're fine
0: so that i guess does it for the netflix knowledge i appreciate your participation connor if anyone wants to check out those movies uh hopefully you wrote them down at this point like connor did and uh, i did a, except we're get a them. little kick out of them <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on that note let's uh let's jump into our uh, last segment here Hi right, connor you're a nerd you've admitted it before i'm a nerd i've admitted it before so i wanted to i wanted to talk about something that i guess you were passionate about that was obviously a movie related topic and we landed on the use of uh, cgi which <laughs> get excited baby uh, oh, yeah. which, which is kind of cool um obviously i think the most recent thing not to spoil mulan or anything was you know, we we see a lot of these animated movies now being recreated with the use of CGI, and we've obviously seen CGI uh, a thing of the past that's just become so so normal for movies nowadays. Obviously, you got a you know back in the day, you had a lot of Star Wars, uh, you had a lot of Jurassic Park. Like those are those are big CGI movies that have made it into a staple of our culture here uh, today. And uh, I think I'll I'll let you kind of get in here with uh, one that you're actually very passionate about, and I think a big one for a lot of people too is the CGI that exists in uh, Lord of the Rings as well. So you had, a, you had a nerd story to tell me, and I'm I'm willing to listen. Right. So
1: we we, we you said the CGI. Oh, of hold Lord on, the Rings. hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, what to hold on? I'm holding on to my water bottle.
0: Okay. Cool. Hold on. Why do you like CGI so much? Like, what is it? I guess about CGI. Okay. That is so cool to you
1: okay so if we're talking about any special effects which you have animation you have cgi and you have visual effects which are like uh that's like the hardest one to describe it's like uh, camera angles and uh, using miniatures instead of uh, full-scale models and things like that those are visual effects all of these are under the the um the umbrella of special effects that's that's how we make movies so um the, the use of cgi has become wildly used today and And the reason why I like Lord of the Rings is because of where they use CGI. They didn't use it for a lot of the movie. In fact, they only used it for little bits and pieces, like the giant monsters and things like that. But that's about it. But when you rewatch Lord of the Rings, you'll see that there are so many scenes where you're just like, oh, that's CGI, things like that. Maybe like the fight scenes are CGI, you know, like they're on giant trees and giant elephants and things like that. But There's a lot to it that's behind the scenes, really cool visual effects. So I like the approach Lord of the Rings took with not doing so much CGI.
0: You're telling me Lord of the Rings was not that much CGI?
1: No. You have the fight scenes where you have the big monsters. Uh, You have the you shall not pass scene with that big monster. Uh, You have... um, you have like the tiny little flares from the, the shadow guys and you have Mordor, you know, that's primarily it. There's so many other things that they did instead of using CGI, like the, their castle. You know, anytime you see a building explode, it's actually real, but they didn't use a full scale model. They actually use a miniature. So you might think, you know, we see building, like, if you look at the Avengers, you see, like, they're, they're usually in Atlanta, but it's, they're the movies in New York kind of a thing. You see these buildings blow up all the time. That's all CG.
0: Yeah, of course. But
1: in Lord okay. of the Rings, they <laughs> wanted to do the more realistic approach, which is building miniatures out of very similar material that the castle was made out of and actually destroying it. That's what, that was their approach. You see you see like a giant cannonball or you see like a giant ball attacking the castle they did that they actually threw a scale model you know like a lesser scale model ball at a lesser scale model castle and they recorded all of that so whenever you see buildings being destroyed in lord of the rings it never happened like cgi wise it happened miniature wise and i say miniature these things are about like five feet tall <laughs> it's hard to get miniature that small but um it, and it's just you know they take their time with you have to really think this stuff out before doing the movie like do we want to do cgi or do we want to do miniatures because miniatures take a long time to make so I f- it's i it's feel like at
0: this point i'm making another game segment where connor is just giving me cgi knowledge and i have to know if it's real or not Okay. I believe you again. I still believe you. That's pretty cool. Like, that's cool stuff. I actually didn't know that about Lord of the Rings. Obviously, I enjoy Lord of the Rings, but I didn't know that much about the CGI that went into uh, Lord of the Rings. So. Oh,
1: I haven't even Very... gotten to Gandalf yet.
0: <laughs> what about Gandalf? Interesting.
1: 90, 90% of the scenes with Gandalf in it, he was actually in the scene by himself. And the other actors did their scene earlier. He is actually by himself for the most part when he's doing the whole movie. And when there's dialogue, he's not talking to anybody on set. But when we watch the movie, obviously there's back and forth. Gandalf they made so tall compared to the dwarf and the hobbits that they absolutely needed to shoot two separate scenes. One scene with the hobbits, and then they remove them completely, have the same symbol. well, I shouldn't say the same, they have very similar um, like on set settings and things like that. And then they did Gandalf. And the reason why they like the very first scene, you see Gandalf and Frodo in the house, right? if you yeah. remember that. Yeah. Frodo is not there for any of Gandalf's acting at all. When Gandalf, what's he got to remind me the actor's name. I know who he is. I just forget. Of Gandalf. He was also Magneto. Um
0: Oh, God. His name is eluding me, but we can continue on.
1: Okay. He's really he's really good. When he did his scenes, he wasn't talking to anybody. He was sitting in uh, smaller chairs because he's not that tall in real life. So they had to redo everything just for him in order to make it fitting that he is a massive giant compared to a hobbit. And that just baffles my mind.
0: Yeah i mean that that is interesting and you know alluding to what we'll get into later as well with the animation now being real with the cgi um of course like you know a lot of the nostalgic like animation that you know we love so much just speaking of disney in general here is it's easy right like you're just voice acting and all of these you know whoa whoa
1: whoa whoa whoa. i'm offended voice (laughs) acting is harder than regular acting
0: (laughs) I, i mean i'm not saying it's not hard and i'm not saying but it's and the animation harder,
1: themselves
0: it's even harder like what you just explained like that has to be done and then it's all put together like Lord of the Rings won more awards than any other movie that I'm aware of in the Academy Awards so yeah that's cool to keep I, the I, conversation I going forward again not to cut you down short or any of that oh no it's bonus. it's for
1: the better because i have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> if you don't stop me this is going to be a yeah. three hour episode so. so so and
0: i don't want that so no i, think I don't I, want I it either one of the big things before we get into again the whole animation a lot of that cgi is i know you wanted to talk about like frame rates per second you had a few oh, things to say i know yeah. we talked about it on gemini man back in season mm-hmm. one as well evan and i mm-hmm. uh you and i game a lot uh for fps is frames per second of course and uh it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, such as us, you know, visually when you're playing a video game, it looks really cool frames per second, but it's a lot different when it comes to movies, uh, mm-hmm. of course. And a lot of that couldn't be done in movies as much as like, maybe we would like for it to be done. Um, but like, yeah, Jim and I, man, like, it's just exceptional that like, we, I think Evan and I saw it at 60, if I'm not mistaken, but it was shot, at 120 and again only so many theaters could handle that and it's just it's such an interesting also CGI aspect of what it is you know uh, mm-hmm. and what it could be for you know I don't want to get into too much detail because again it's already been in the episode but like what do, what do you want to like discuss about real quick on like the frames per second kind of stuff of what CGI is for movies
1: so it was um it was a pretty smart approach it didn't fully work out in their favor too much, but it was a pretty smart approach to why they did 120 frames per second for the actual viewing of the movie. That's how it was intended to be. Uh, the reason why Jim and I was shot in 120 frames per second was to make the fighting between the two actors look like they were trained prof- professionals, like absolutely like just the craziest of the fighters. And w- when you do this in 120, it's smooth, it's flawless. It looks beautiful. That is the intent of why Gemini Man was shot in 120 was because of trying to make the fight scenes and any action scene look super, super professional and tactical. That was the approach. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, once you have that idea of shooting the fight scenes at 120 frames, you're stuck to shooting the entire movie in 120 frames. This is where animated movies like I kind of want to talk about the Spider-Verse a little bit, have a little bit of leeway, but we'll get there later. But since they chose to do this 120 frames, they had to maintain it throughout the entire movie, which kind of lessened the CGI, because CGI is super render heavy. And if you have 120 frames per second on CGI, whenever you lessen the CGI, like you and Evan saw it at 60, when you render it at 120 and then lessen it, it tries to stay at 120. So that's why the, the the CGI in Gemini Man isn't really that good.
0: Yeah, it, I, I
1: listened to that episode. The motorcycle scene you guys talked about—very true. The motorcycle didn't look that well. It doesn't yeah. even look that well in 120 because the rendering process was just so much for it to handle. It was—it was, it was just—it needed more time.
0: Of course, and the, I mean the technology we we can say is just—it's not there yet, but the idea is cool. Like I said, like when you see a lot of these things, you know, a lot of gamers out there and whatnot. Obviously, gaming's different when it comes to frames per second, but a lot of those aspects of what draws people in to games that can run at such a high frame rate is it could potentially be something that draws people in for movies. You just, you know, you don't know what the technology is in store for, you know, that kind of stuff later on down the road.
1: If Uh, they if they ever try to do another 120 movie, they they really really have to master any of the um uh, after effects that they put into the movie because the rendering process at 120 frames is just going to be a wild experience probably every second of cgi you have probably takes close to an hour two hours long of rendering because that is a render heavy situation at 120 frames
0: man yeah. Well, I definitely want, that's, that's cool. I, yeah, I agree. Um, but I definitely want to talk about like CGI and where it exists with certain aspects of, Mm -hmm. I guess, video games too with characters coming to life and that realism and same with again, a lot of what we see, not only with the video game aspect, we'll get in, I want to talk about detective Pikachu, of course, and then Mm -hmm. uh, Sonic those two. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously, like I said, like Mulan has been released now, we've seen the Lion King, those, like those kind of things, uh, before we dive into all that, what on the animation of the Spider Verse is so cool as well, Connor? Because I'm not going to so, cut you short, buddy. You're gonna, thank you. I appreciate you're give me it. Give all is your a, knowledge. This game. is a
1: big, big brain moment. Huge nerd. So, Into the Spider Verse, like any other movie, really is shot at 24 frames per second. That is the standard. It's good. We love it. It's great. Into the Spider Verse is no different. They shoot at 24 frames per second. The really interesting artistic approach, though, is what they did to Miles, the protagonist of the movie. Miles is actually animated at 12 frames per second, which means that he moves in twos, is what they call it in industry. In twos, uh, it's 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 basically a less smooth rendering of the animation. And if you want, if you rewatch the Spider Verse, and I highly encourage you guys to do this. If you watch Miles in the very beginning, he's so choppy. He's not smooth moving compared to anyone else around him. Everyone else around him, the whole movie, except Miles, is, in sh- is shot in 24 frames per second. But there's the, here's the interesting thing. When Miles becomes Spider-Man and he's slowly learning how to become a better Spider-Man, his frames slowly move up with him. So he starts the movie at 12. And then when he becomes a really good Spider-Man near the end of the movie when he's doing all those... Uh, beautiful jumps and everything like that. He's actually animated at 24. And the reason why they did this approach was to show you Miles developing into the Spider-Man he is now. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a learning curve for Miles. Getting those frames. He needed to get those frames by becoming a better Spider-Man.
0: That is something I as well did not know. And I absolutely love that movie just to begin with.
1: I, I might rewatch I it after a... saying this because I love it. <laughs> it's so good.
0: I have a thing on this podcast, Connor, where I usually give half stars, extra half-star to movies that have really cool jazz sequences in it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I might just give an extra half-star to this movie for this cool frame rate thing. I already gave it four and a half. I think it's a near-perfect movie as it is. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rewatch it. Rewatch Maybe it I'll with the it. idea yes. of Miles moving at 12. Yeah, and you can I, see how choppy is.
0: That's definitely something different. When they
1: leave the building together, like the uh, the Spider-Man from the other universe and him, when they're actually leaving together, look at that other Spider-Man compared to Miles, and you'll see just how choppy he is. Yeah, I promise you, it's fantastic.
0: Well, now that we have definitely dived in, again, thank you, Connor, for all those uh, nerding out moments right there. Uh, dived into little bit more specifics maybe we could have done at the end but i think we should have started with that says like i said i don't want to cut you short i just Mm -hmm. want to get like a more broad sense of like cgi i guess here uh just scaling Mm -hmm. it back a bit like for me like i mean cgi to me i think works best obviously get it in your action movies i get that like you said with things exploding all that kind of stuff in the background that's not going away um it is what it is but cgi for me works the best of course when you have movies that are these you know Uh, fantasies and whatnot like I said uh, Star Wars is one of the big ones Jurassic like right where you can like especially with Jurassic Park I think like right we know dinosaurs were real at one point to have that imagination kind of come to life on the screen and all that kind of stuff beautiful and yeah it really in you know that imagination that everyone kind of has or their own interpretation in their minds of certain things again with Star Wars like if I were to travel through space you know you get you know you get to travel at those kind of speeds and whatnot. And then if I was to visit a planet, you know, here are the Ewoks or whatever. Like, that, that stuff to me is what's, like, really cool about CGI is where it can really engulf you in this own little world. One of my favorite movies, actually, that does the use of CGI uh, is Avatar. Not Avatar, The Last Airbender, because that movie was... him, <laughs> <laughs> Night Shyamalan. But the, the blue Twitch people, at the Avatar. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Anyways, Connor has his own take on the movie as a whole, but we both agreed as well that like the CGI in that... Stunning. Yeah, it's just oh so my beautiful. God. And...
1: Oh, it's so visually beautiful. I love it, I love it, I love it. Story yeah, it... makes no sense to me. Why did they <laughs> fuck with their hair? Okay. <laughs> Regardless, okay to actual so go on with your thing i'll 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 come yeah
0: but it, it, it's so nice to see that kind of stuff come to life those things come to life and i think that's why too um when you get uh movies like i like i've mentioned like detective pikachu like pikachu coming to life you know being played by Ryan Reynolds like it's fun it yeah i get it like they try you, know, you can only make something sometimes so realistic but you know, it's a childhood thing for most of us this day, these days where it's like, yeah, I played Pokemon. I know Pokemon. Like, that's cool to see. Same with Sonic the Hedgehog. Obviously they, you know, they worked, reworked the CGI before that was released because there were aspects that were like too real. And then just to like dive into Disney, like I said, with Mulan, with uh, the Lion King, a lot of those movies, I guess it's easier for them to do I guess I shouldn't mention Milan but the Lion king and we just talked about uh, the one and only Ivan like bringing animals to life and something like that nature it just obviously right now I think it's just so much easier um and it adds I don't want to say warmth or anything like that but again it just brings that creative element that's in your own mind to like life and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't I guess I don't know I kind of a lot I kind of just threw at you just general impressions I guess on you know, CGI with kind of like what I mentioned there, if you want to get started.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me just start off with saying the goal of anyone who is doing CGI. And the, the, the goal, Cody, is photorealism, right? So that's why Jurassic Park looked great because it was, had so much photorealism, which means what it would look like in real life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, that's what it means. When you do something that's photorealistic, it's, it's fake, but it looks real. That is the main goal for CGI is to have the best photorealism. Now I'm going to stop saying the word photorealism. When it comes to movies that have a difficulty in realism, like say Detective Pikachu or Sonic, there can be complications. We don't know what Pikachu would look like if he were real. Because we've only seen him animated in Pokemon cards, in Pokemon games, Smash, Brawl, things like that. But when you make him real with humans aside him, what would that look like? That's the, that's, that's, the, that's the question that the CGI people most likely ask themselves. What would Pikachu look like? What would Sonic the Hedgehog look like if it were real in our space?
0: Yeah.
1: And sometimes they go too far. Sonic the Hedgehog. They had a total remastering before they released it of Sonic. And the reason why is because they were attempting photorealism before instead of game realism, where they brought actually, they brought the real look of Sonic into the movie that was released. Before, it looked nothing like Sonic. And the reason why is because they attempted the photorealism. I said I'd stop saying that word.
0: But you have it. (laughs) Spell it twice. Say it three times. Okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) Photo, F. H. O. T. O realism i believe bar. you it's right it's right <laughs> i believe all right, you cool. all
0: episode it's not JG. i didn't really want you to spell it but it's cool but, <laughs> yeah
1: so that that that's if that helped in any way kind of answer what you're trying to get at yeah
0: yeah see because to me it seems like it works on one tail like i think for sonic and pikachu like it worked for me like that was cool but then with but that's the games, first
1: sonic right the first sonic would not have
0: worked for you It was just the teeth thing and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But overall, like, it still worked for me. And it's funny because I bring up, like, those are obviously childhood, like, games and all that kind of stuff that's brought real. Where on the other end where it doesn't work for me is when we've already had, like, an animation about it. Like I said, the Lion King and all that kind of stuff. Where when you try and bring these characters, and same, I think Mowgli and all that, the Jungle Book, they redid the Jungle Book as well. Like, when they try and do that, As much as you could say, oh, that's a lion or, oh, that's a bear. It just doesn't work for me as well. Knowing that, I guess, those are real, obviously, things. Lions and bears are real things. When we've already had the animated version, I guess. So that's, I guess, on one spectrum. Like, it's cool. And that's why it's like, to me, it seems like some of those things work that are already imaginative in our minds. Or exist in another way other than being brought to life where you have, like, the animals and stuff. Because, I mean, I can get that. I don't really care that much. Like I still enjoy the movies for the most part,
1: um, here's, here's the CGI the thing, doesn't
0: work for me as much. Like I'm here, way here... more content with the Pikachu stuff and all that.
1: Right. Here, here's the thing, though, Cody. Uh, if, you, if you're focusing on the Jungle Book and the Lion King uh, CGI version, right? Sure. If you've never seen a lion, or a bear, or a jaguar ever in your life, go to the zoo. That's, That CGI is beautiful. But if you have seen them, in YouTube videos, in real life, or any other, it's not. So, to a virgin eye of seeing these things, these would be beautifully stunning. But unfortunately for us and a lot of people, we do know what they look like in real life. That's why the CGI, I think, failed for you. That's that's my guess. If you get a four-year-old who's never seen a lion before, ever, never even heard of a, what a lion is. Yeah. The parents are awful (laughs) because they should have taught them what a lion is by now but if that four-year-old were to never heard of a lion never seen a lion or anything and watch that movie the lion king i bet they would be impressed
0: yeah and i'm and i'm too yeah i mean i i I understand that and i comprehend that that might be the case because obviously disney caters towards the next generations the younger generations and that could be a very real thing and something in their minds when they do all this kind of stuff. But like I said, some of it works for me, some for, some of it doesn't. And then like for the obscurities of like things, like are you cool with like bad CGI? Like if the movies, right? Like you get like just to bring like Sharknado.
1: back
0: Sharknado. <laughs> Sharknado. Yeah, but it works. It works for me. Like it's so obscured, and it's just like that was funny or whatever. Like you can have bad CGI in a movie too, and make it work. I just hate movies too that go for the this is meant to be good CGI. And that's how I felt with Mulan, not to (laughs) ruin Mulan.
1: (laughs) No, ruin it next week. (laughs) Yes, I will be. So let's just use Sharknado as a great example. The acting was terrible. The story is stupid. The CGI is awful. Why is it such a good movie? Because all those things are considered bad. When you watch it, knowing this, you're like, this is a really fun movie. Yeah. You wouldn't say it's the best movie. But well, you would say it's really fun. It's entertaining. It's something to laugh about. You can make a drinking game whenever someone gets eaten by a shark in a hilarious way. Sure.
0: I mean, uh, I guess I have a drinking game for next year. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> hey, there's like six or five Sharknadoes, so you'll be drunk before you know it. But yeah. that's, that, that's the idea. They work so well because it seems purposeful to make it bad. Yeah. A movie that's trying so hard to be good and has failed CGI... Yeah just makes the whole movie bad
0: yeah and, and like i said some of those like movies that you watch and stuff when it comes to, like to action where the explosions just so fake and stuff like that but you're just like you know what that was actually kind of funny or whatever in, the, in lieu of what the movie was trying to go for so i mean to that extent like bad cgi can work obviously i guess if it's a bad premise movie i mean that's the whole point of it so yeah overall i mean cgi is is used more than obviously anything nowadays and it's not going anywhere and obviously it's going to be cool to see where cgi goes in the future because like we've already alluded to technology isn't going anywhere and it's only getting bigger and better so uh i guess future movies will have to see and wait what happens but and i think on that note man before i let you stop nerding out here is there any last little tidbits or anything you want to add or you feel you feel good connor you feel good brother I should mention they, that you're my they, brother. I shouldn't have said you, that you're a friend. at <laughs> the end of the podcast, but Connor and I go way back, my friends, and uh, we are very close. Not close now because he's in Boise and I'm over here, but we are definitely brothers, I would We say. plan
1: on getting houses next to each other, and the backyard shares a pool. It's a, it's a true thing.
0: Yeah, water slides from window <laughs> to window. It's going to be cool. We'll give high fives as we, like, pass each other. We talked about yeah, it. Like,
1: you... It's going to be fantastic.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh yeah man I Here, here's it. the
1: thing here's the level of our friendship if i don't like his girlfriend slash future wife she's a bitch and can die i don't she, Whoa. she is not good for her but if i do Whoa. like her she's dope
0: okay <laughs> that is a very good thing connor single by the way he wanted me to remind you all of that so i would plug your socials and anything like that i do that in the clothes <laughs> but you don't have any so uh, on that note let's get into the clothes connor Right, brother, uh, thanks again for being on our podcast. I think we had a lot of more interesting conversations that I wasn't actually really expecting myself, but it was really cool. Uh, you definitely know a lot about the CGI worlds and uh, a lot about your uh, your zombie war movies and stuff. So I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. While Evan has has left us, he didn't even text me. He's not even. He wasn't even like, "Hey, you're doing the show. Aren't, are you, are you doing the show?" And I was just like you didn't even ask me that. I can't believe that
1: I'll be here next week then <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's no, but
1: if I can make a suggestion if I'm ever a host um a co-host again yes, um what happened on Monday? I think is a pretty entertaining movie, okay on Netflix okay really I mean, reminded me of your Adam and Eve story
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, man. Well, I, I really don't have much to close with, Connor, other than uh, we're going to be back next week. Connor most likely will not be on. Evan will be back from his little vacay. We all need a vacay every now. And
1: Sorry, and then. guys. I wish I were there, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, You guys can find us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at the R-E-E-L. We are also on Letterboxd. And for our personals, like I said, Connor doesn't have any, so there's no point in plugging those, So You You can follow me on
1: Snapchat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll plug your Snapchat name now.
1: I I don't even know. Okay, you can friend me on Pokemon Go.
0: (laughs) And if you're listening to us, obviously, that's great. We're live on Anchor, which gets us really much anywhere and everywhere. So uh, we appreciate the listens. And, again, Connor, can't appreciate your time enough, brother. So uh, I will – I appreciate it, too. I'll talk to you later, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.